1: Jason Muns joins us each and every Monday on the program. Tiger basketball beat rider for the Commercial Appeal. He's on Twitter, at Munsley. Muns, what are we listening to?
2: Bare Naked Ladies, Jeffrey. This is
1: Odds Are
2: off of their fantastic album, Grinning Streak. Is that
1: 2017?
2: No, nah, it, it, I, I thought so, too. And uh, it's closer to, like, 2011, 2012. It's, it's oh, my God.
1: Wow, uh, that's after they yeah, kicked Steve out of the band, right? uh that is correct. yeah, that's after but is he, he reunited with them to like well, I guess when they got nominated or whatever they got into like the Canada Music Hall of Fame but it, he's not really back back, is he?
2: that sounds right I, I honestly um it was like that was like the last b and l album yeah. that I uh kind of was like still in like, you know, heavy rotation with. So, like, yeah, it was, like, it was, like, that 95, 94, 95 to whatever that was. And then ever since then, it's just kind of been faded to the background a little bit.
1: I just feel like every Bare Naked Ladies song, like, is on a Scrubs, a- a Scrubs episode. Like, they feel like the band <laughs> of Scrubs to me.
2: I know, yeah. I mean, but, like, you know what's interesting? I, I... I sort of got a whole different appreciation for him when one time I read an interview, a Paul McCartney interview one time, and uh, uh, the reporter, the interviewer was asking like, um, for like, like who does he like in terms of yeah. like current, you know, contemporary bands. And he, he like kind of went for a long time, uh, about about Naked Ladies. And I was like, wow, well, if it's good enough for, for Sir Paul, then, uh,
1: Who am I to judge? Then maybe, yeah, maybe time for a better, closer look. How would you summarize last week for the Tigers? Well,
2: um, good. I mean, two and zero. Oh. Um, you know, on the road they go and get they go and gut out a a win against Wichita State. Um, at home, they had to stave off a serious. Uh, rally slash five minutes of ugly basketball on their part in order to win um, to beat Cincinnati. And, I mean, listen, Cincinnati's won 19 games this year. Yeah, Wichita State just went into New Orleans and beat Tulane. Um, You know, like Tulane still has a lot to play for, and they were at home and could not uh, handle uh, Craig Porter Jr., who had a triple-double. Um, couldn't handle Jerron Pierre Jr., the Southern Miss transfer who went for 30 against Tulane. Um, couldn't handle James Rojas, who gave Memphis 19 points, tied a career high to give Memphis 19 points. He puts up 22 against Tulane on the road. I mean, I mean, yeah. Like we all know, the American from a metrics standpoint, from a respect standpoint, it just it it's not it's it's not You know it's not good, but um, there are landmines. Like absolutely, there are landmines uh, all throughout this, uh, all throughout conference play. And Memphis um, did I thought did a good job of doing what they needed to do. That's and that's all. I mean, like that's all that matters. I mean, uh, style points don't count. I mean, you know. I mean, like kind of they do in the net. Like the more you win by, the you know, the, the the more weight. It, it you get in the net but like at this point I, I don't think the net I don't think Memphis needs the net at this point I think they're in they, they've won 22 games and they still got two left in the regular season and I, I think uh I think it would take you know a disastrous finish for them to miss the NCAA tournament
1: so Joe Lenardi comes out with Not He didn't update the Bracketology page, but, you know, he sent out his press release. And this happened Mm -hmm. right as you got on the phone. And Memphis is currently listed as the number two team in the last four buys, which is basically where they've been, it feels like, for the last two or three weeks. Mark believes if they win Thursday that they're in. Mark is also, speaking of uh, bringing back debates from 2011— Mark going after bracketologists online, that feels very much like a 2011 thing to do. Um, I'm very proud of him for doing that, for bringing that back into the public consciousness. Because I I thought we'd kind of settled that debate, but nope, uh, let's bring it back. How strongly do you feel about their position right now? Because I think they're clearly on the right side. I still am hesitant only in the sense of I think it's a conference problem and not Memphis's problem. I'm still a little worried if they leave it up to the judges if they don't win Thursday. But I do think if I think if they can get Thursday, I think they're going to be on the right side at least.
2: Yeah, and I think I think that's true. I think all that's true. I think winning Thursday pretty much, uh, you know, like it, 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 you're going to go in with a lot of confidence to selection Sunday if you win Thursday, and 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 the confidence even goes up if you if you win your first game. At the at the conference tournament next week, um, that to me it's it's. I will feel very strongly about Memphis's chances if they win Thursday at SMU. I'll feel even better if they. I mean, obviously, winning against Houston would would obviously lock it up, no questions asked. But like, if they somehow lose to Houston on Sunday, at home with a healthier Kendrick Davis, with with Kendrick Davis on the floor, um, if that if they somehow lose that game, then. Then I would think that you, re- you know, like y- y- if you, if let's say you're one and done at the conference tournament next next week, you know, then you might, then it might feel a bit shaky. But um, so let's say they 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 lose to Houston on Sunday. If they win Thursday against SMU and they win their first game at the conference tournament, then I think I think they're on the right side. And honestly, I mean, i y- you want to do as best you can. But also, we're getting to a point where, if they do, if they take care of the business they're supposed to take care of, and then they happen to, let's say they beat Houston on Sunday at home, let's say they get to the championship game, maybe they even win the championship game. Okay. Uh, uh, no matter who it's against, does that take them from a? more favorable matchup as an 11 seed, a 10 seed or an 11 seed to a less favorable matchup as an eight or a nine seed. You know what I mean? Like, are we kind of getting into that territory where it's almost like, where it's almost like we'd rather, you know, I think most people would rather be a 10 or 11 as opposed to an eight or a nine. I mean, at, at, at least as a 10 or 11, you, you're not matched up with a one uh, potentially. So I think I think, mean, I think the question where...
1: then becomes is is the goal to get to the second weekend or is the goal to win a game? That's where I think that's where I think seeding matters. Eight nine yeah, well, like, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. if it, if the goal is to win a game, that's great. That does mean you have to play the number one seed. That makes the task of getting to the second weekend very, very difficult. The right. thing you know, my thing is like can you tell me can you tell me who they're going to be matched up against? If they're going to be matched up against the Mountain West team, I feel pretty good. Pretty good about the Tigers. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think the big problem is it's like, is that six seed Miami or is that six seed you know San Diego State? Well, then yeah, give me the eleven if it's San Diego State. Right, right, or yeah, like but yeah, like if it's Miami or TCU or something like that. Right, then, then I'm feeling less. Then, yeah, if it's one of the Big Twelve teams, yeah, I don't feels great.
2: Right, but and and this is this is an argument that only we have, like only sure. us and fans. Um, I think I think inside the walls of the Lori Walton Family Basketball Center, they're, they're strictly focused on um, you know winning the game that is that they're that they're going to play the games that they're going to play, and let the chips fall after that. And um, but no, I, going back to the original point, I, I do think that a win Thursday at SMU virtually locks it up. I I'll just put it that way. I, I, I think it virtually locks it up and you're gonna go into
1: selection Sunday um feeling really, really good about your chances. I feel like last week gave the Tigers multiple paths now. Because now you have a situation where if they win Thursday and then just get to Saturday in the conference tournament, I feel pretty good. I'm still yeah. like of all the things of all the questions with, you know, bracketologists and whatnot, the one that we don't seem to have the most clarity on is what is the value of the conference tournament, because if the last few years serve as a reference, well, the conference tournament has not really mattered much unless you just win the thing. They, they've kind of been viewing right. it as this was an opportunity if you stub your toe during the year to right the wrongs. But we're not going to just ignore the 30 some odd games that you played during during the regular season. I think it now presents the situation where you win if you win on Sunday. Like, I think you've basically removed all doubt. Like, I think Sunday could be, you know, you won't get a you, you won't get the bracket or whatnot, but I think you punch your ticket on Sunday. And then I think, you know, it creates a situation where if you just get to Sunday, I think Sunday in the conference tournament, now you've given yourself another opportunity. To me, last week gave them, for the first time in a while, it gave them a little bit of wiggle room. No, for sure.
2: But I will say, I, I think that the conference tournament, I think overall – Conference tournaments—they uh, matter most, obviously, to one bid conferences for sure. Um, now, of course, or or you know, like let's say
1: our beloved Conference um, USA tournament, which is one of my favorites of the year, the Split Gym uh, in Frisco. Oh yeah, that's going to matter yeah. much more than what happens. What happens in our uh, in you know uh, in Fort Worth?
2: Yes, for sure. Now. That being said, I do think there is still a little bit um, more like weight to the conference tournament for bubble teams. Um, and, and like, you know, as we sit here today, Memphis is still a bubble team. Like if 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 they go to Fort Worth and they are one and done, well, then they're going to be nervous on Selection Sunday. But if they, you know, go there and win two games, and heck, maybe they even win three games. Maybe Maybe one of those three wins is over – is over Houston. Um, well, then I still think that 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 uh, matters to Memphis because, I mean, shoot, if they if they beat Houston this Sunday, and then let's say they get to the conference tournament and they win it and they win it over Houston, well, that's two wins over the number one, number two, number three team in the country, whatever they are. I mean, that has to affect their seating, does
1: it not? Like, I mean, that that has
2: to absolutely matter. Yeah, to, to matter. your point,
1: for bubble teams, what I think it is is it gives an – bubble teams need resume lines, and so it provides yeah. another example of a resume line. I think for me the way that I kind of look at it is they're now going to have – they're going to have a couple of shots, and I think if they can win – if they win – if they win Thursday, here's why I actually think Thursday's important. I know that if if Tulane goes 3 and 0 this week and Memphis goes 1 and 1, Tulane gets the number 2 seed. But in the standings, Memphis still finishes second in the league. And I think oftentimes for committee members what matters is, all right, that was, you know, I know Tulane got them twice, but they were they were the second best team. Look at what they did non-conference. They've got the resume. I still think this this league is going to get two bids and I think it's going to be a lot harder for Tulane to get the bid over Memphis. That's kind of how I'm we viewing We saw it, it last we saw it last year SMU finished second in the league yeah. and
2: uh did not get in. Memphis finished third and they did. Um so yeah, I mean that that is another uh wrinkle to this entire story uh to this entire discussion is uh Tulane has three games this week in 5 days in a 5-day span and and going back to yesterday, they will have played four games in seven days leading into the conference tournament. So like, I I don't, I mean, I know they're playing ECU twice and then they're going to close with Temple, but I don't think, I mean, especially after the the fact that they lost at home to Wichita state last night, I don't have confidence that uh, Tulane can
1: win all three of those games. And if they don't, then, I'm with you. Then, and I don't know. Yeah, they, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they. To me, it's not even. It's the that Sunday game against Temple. Yes, it's at home. Who knows where the the mindset of Temple is? But to me, like that's that's the opportunity. Yeah, still very much
2: up for grabs that that uh, that two three seed in the uh, American Conference, uh, especially again given the fact that Tulane. Um, is having to play this this seven day stretch where four with four games again. This isn't a four game seven day stretch in January. This is yes, you know, like going into the postseason when you want to be kind of firing and all fire. You know, you want to have fresh legs and firing on all cylinders and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of worried for for Tulane. And, and we should point out the reason why they're having to do this is because that that East Carolina game had to be rescheduled because their um radio play by play guy yep. passed away. Uh the de- I think it was the day of the game or the, the night before the game or something like that and they decided to postpone the game. So um so but yeah, it's it's definitely uh there's still a lot to hash out here over this last week. But um no. Thursday's game, eight o'clock start, ESPN two at SMU, Kendrick Davis's quote unquote homecoming um it's there's there's a lot of intrigue attached to that game but uh not the least of which is the fact that memphis is virtually playing for it for a chance to to
1: as you said have some wiggle room on on selection sunday yeah it just feels like it's the kendrick davis week he returns to smu he then plays he's from houston then plays houston on sunday for a chance like really punch the ticket and this is a guy that has a a ton of individual accolades but like, this is the one thing that he hasn't done yet. Like this feels like a big week for him. Yeah, and it's funny you mention that.
2: I, I'm working on a story right now. Um, I, I spent about an hour on the phone with Tim Jankovic earlier uh, earlier today, uh, who was his head coach at SMU, and we, you know, a large part of our conversation was just about how, um, you know, the best players uh, play their best when the lights are brightest. And you know, here we go. You know, like this is, we, we are getting to that point now for uh, for Kendrick Davis, for DeAndre Williams, and and, and like it's, I, I think personally, uh, that that to me is what is going to be really really fun is to watch these guys. Like, I mean, these guys are already playing at an elite level. You know, potentially Kendrick Davis is playing at an all-American level. DeAndre Williams is the only player in the country in the top ten in his um, in his League in both uh, po- uh, scoring and rebounding. So, like, I don't know. I'm I'm really looking forward to, to to seeing those guys who are already playing really really well level up. Like, that's going to be that that there's there's potential for a lot of fun there.
1: mons we appreciate it, buddy. Have a great week. Thank you, Jeffrey.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.